Amen. Who's excited about being in the house of the Lord this morning? Who's excited that you're inside and not outside right now? That, that'll get you going this morning. It's a little nippy, but it's okay. My Bible says today is the day that the Lord hath made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Doesn't have to say it has to be warm and sunny. Amen. I'm just, I'm just thankful that I woke up this morning. I'm so thankful that I, I've been given another day to lift him up and to magnify him. Another day to right some wrongs and do, do a little bit better than yesterday. Amen. Amen. We're just going to open up this service this morning uh, in prayer. We're just going to ask God to bless this service, bless this day. God knows our hearts. He knows the needs that we have. So let's just take a moment. Let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Just ask God to bless us today. Amen. Amen. Dear Lord, we thank you. We love you. We appreciate everything you do for us. We thank you for who you are. Thank you for loving us, God. I thank you for being my Savior, my provider, my comforter, God. I thank you for hearing our prayers, God, this morning. I pray, God, that you'll meet the needs of your church and your children, God. Meet those who are traveling, God, those who are out uh, for some reason. Heal them if they're sick, God. Touch their hearts and minds, God. Move on them, Lord Jesus. God, bless our Sunday school classes this morning. God, touch our children's hearts and minds that they receive your word, God, today. Lord, I pray that everything that we do and say today, God, brings you glory and the honor that you so richly deserve. Help us today draw closer to you, God. Let everything that is, God, just be for your glory. We give you praise in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. If we can have the ushers come this morning. We have some ushers. Sister Destiny is going to, oh, nope, we got two ushers. Amen. You got lucky. As our ushers come around, just give them to your Sunday school class, give your offering. Amen. While they're doing that, if you want to turn to Luke chapter 1. such an honor to be up here. Thank you, Pastor, for the opportunity to teach this morning. And uh, what's my time frame? About 11.15, okay. All right, give or take like 30 minutes, we're good then. Amen. You can't be, oh, I guess stand for the reading of the word. I'm sorry. This month... Uh, Pastor and I were talking, and we're going to do for Sunday school class. We're we're talking about it's going to shock you. We're talking about Jesus. Is that okay? But we're talking about the reason for the season. And over the next few weeks, and I know we get in, you know we have uh, in a couple of weeks Christmas Eve is actually on a Sunday, and we're going to have service, and we're going to be preaching about the birth of Jesus, and you're going to hear it, and you're going to see it all over uh, Facebook and social media, and you're going to. Watch your shows, and, and uh, but I just want to dig just a little bit on the, the reason over the next few weeks, and, and I don't, I'm not sure who's doing all of the Sunday mornings, but um, I just pray that over the next few weeks that we can just really get a true understanding of the reason for this season. And uh, the great thing is, is we don't have to just worship Jesus and thank Jesus for him coming to earth during the month of December, but this is something that we can do every week. Amen. And uh, so this week, I just want to talk about who he's, who he's came for, who he came for. So in Luke 1, 26 and through 30, and then I'm going to jump down to 35. 
says, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel sent forth from God into the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. 29. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation is this shall be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. This is when the angel uh, talks to Mary and de declares unto her that she's going to give birth to Jesus. But I want to talk to us for just a little bit about this, this subject, but I want to use this title, Not Just Mary. Not Just Mary. You can't be seated in Jesus' name. We know that Mary is a special person in the Bible. She is the mother of Jesus. She gave birth to Jesus. We know that Mary holds a special place in the heart of many people. Some even reveal, just they worship Mary. To some, Mary is even in higher standing than Jesus. There are some that believe that if when you go to pray, you don't pray to Jesus, you pray to Mary. And Mary takes your request to Jesus because Jesus will not tell his mom no. I believe if you need to talk to the source, you go to the source. But that's okay. But if you read this, the Bible tells us that, yes, she was a virgin. Don't let, any, virgin, don't let anybody tell you otherwise. They tell you that she was highly favored of God. And that's where some of us can kind of get a little kind of get a little different thoughts in our minds because we walk around every day and think, oh man, I've messed up and oh man, I've made mistakes and man, I, I, I'm just not perfect. We think of people being favored by God as being perfect and, and even in my eyes, Mary was pure. Pure is perfect. She had no blemishes. She, she had never been with a man. She had never had uh, any type of touch like that, but I believe also in every mannerism of, of Mary in her life, she lived a holy life. Amen? I don't believe she was sneaking out at the age of 12 smoking cigarettes behind the, the stands at the football stadium. I don't believe she was you know, having all these things going on behind her back. I believe in, in the eyes of God, she was the perfect one, but she wasn't the only one. I don't believe that Mary was the only one that was pure. I don't believe that, that Mary was the only one that God could have went down to. And that's why the, those, those people can worship Mary all they want and they can, you know, they can lift her up higher than God himself, but I don't because Mary was still just a person. But as I was thinking about this and, and, and drawing this and getting this all together, I I got to thinking I'm so happy because I don't see myself as a Mary in more ways than one. I don't see myself as pure and perfect. 
if Jesus was to, or, or if God was to look down and said, I need a perfect vessel. Mary may have been that perfect vessel, but I don't think that Danny Hampshire would be a perfect vessel. Whenever I go to preach and minister, I always say in my prayer, God, allow me to be a vessel, meet for the master's use. I just want to be a vessel that is worthy. I'm not saying I want to be perfect. Or I, need, I just want to be good enough for God to use. And I believe that we need to have a mindset in our, in our lives, in our hearts, that even though we're not Mary, God is, still came for us. And as a church, I believe that we need to make it known to our friends and family and our communities, waitresses, waiters, whoever that we've come in contact, that Jesus wasn't just born for Mary. Jesus just wasn't being the, the lamb that was slain on Calvary for the perfect person like Mary. That he didn't come just for Mary. He, he's not here just for the perfect person. He's not here for the one that is highly favored of God because today you and I can be highly favored of God. You and I can be used of God. You and I can find purpose with God. We must understand in this Christmas season that when he was born, he was born for everyone, not just Mary, not just that, per that perfect person, not just for that saint that you say, man, I really wish I could be like them. I really wish I could pray 25 hours a day and I could fast eight days a week like they do, but I'm just not that good. but he still came for us. As I was reading through, I came across this story. It's a very familiar story in Mark chapter 5. story of a man that had an encounter with Jesus. But this proves my point. Mark chapter 5, verses 2 through 7, and I know this is a lot of reading. Don't worry, I got a whole lot more. And when he came out of the ship, immediately there met him, a man out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because if he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always, at night and day, he was in the mountains and the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones." And I don't know about you, and, and I'm not saying that I feel like I've gone that far, but I identify more with this person than I do the pure and perfect Mary. Now, don't raise your hands if you're full of demons or anything like that, but I've had some battles in my own mind, you know what I mean? I, I can sit here and I can spend the rest of the day telling you some things that I've made some mistakes on. But I'm so encouraged because in verse Verse 6, it says, But when he saw Jesus afar off, and he, he, far off, he ran and worshipped him. And he cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjourn thee by God, that thou torments me not. Even though this man, and we know him in, in it, by the name of, La, or by the man named Legion, he was not Mary. Nobody in their right mind is going to say Mary and Legion are on the same level. Mary's highly favored of God. Mary was pure. 
Mary had not been with the man, had, had, had any of those life experiences. And I'm reading you about a man that was tormented day and night. He was a man that was cutting himself and hurting himself. He, he was trying to be locked up by, by men day and night and fetters, and they tried to bind him because he was, he was a problem to people. He had issues. Don't raise your hands, but do you have issues in your life? I got, I'll raise my hand. I'll raise. Don't raise your hands. I'll raise my hand. I'm a, I don't care. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him, and he, and he cried. But watch what happened in verse 8, 9, and, I, and I'm just going to skip through 8, 9, 13, 15, 18. Okay. And he said unto him, Come out from this man, thou unclean spirit. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. He ran and worshipped Jesus. This is why Jesus came to earth. This is why Jesus was born. He wasn't born just to make Mary some, some special saint. He wasn't here just to make Mary somebody we talk about 2,000 or 4,000 years later. But the purpose of Jesus coming was to meet a man named Legion. Legion comes and worships him. And the first thing that Jesus says was not leave you're not perfect. Jesus didn't say, no, 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 you've made, I know who you are, I've heard of you. You've made too many mistakes. You've gone too far. You need to leave. You're not perfect. You don't, you don't have favor with me. You're not highly favored. You're not this pure and perfect person. You need to leave my sight. But the first thing he says before he even says, what is your name? Jesus said unto him in verse 8, come out of the man. I'm so thankful that I'm, even though I'm not Mary, Jesus didn't come for the perfect person, but he came for someone like me. He came for someone like you. You might be sitting here thinking, I only come because this is what I do on Sundays, but I, there's no way that Jesus can love me. There's no way that he can ever forgive me. There's no way that I'll ever make heaven my home. There's no way that God can love me like I want him to love me. I'm here to encourage you this morning that he came for you, not just Mary. He came for the messed up and the, he came for the, the hard-headed and he came for those that are struggling. He came for the ones that make mistakes. He came for everyone. And I'm excited because the first thing, he didn't say, what is your name? What have you done? He just said, come out of the man. He said, my name is Legion, for we are many. Mark 5 and 13 and 4, with Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran into violently down into the steep place into the sea. There were about 2,000 who were choked in the air, as they were choked in the sea. Verse 15, 15 says, and they came to Jesus to see him that was possessed with the devil, who had legion, and sitting and closed it in his right mind, and they were afraid. When we have an understanding that Jesus came for us, that should give you peace. He was sitting closed and in his right mind, that's peace. Not perfection, but peace. 
So when we go through our trials and we go through our struggles and we go through our heartaches and we feel that we're being attacked by a legion of demons or a legion of issues, we should still be able to understand that Jesus came for us. And that should be a peace. And, that, and this is the, from the, I don't want to say the book of Daniel, but the book of Danny Hampshire. That's where the peace that passes all understanding comes in. Is when you go through an ordeal, you can still smile. How many times have you had somebody say, well, all, you know, chaos is breaking out around you. How can you smile? Because when you get in the presence of Jesus, that's what happens. But I love what he says here in verse 18 and 19. And when he came into the ship, he that had been possessed with the, de- with the devil prayed that he might be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home and to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee. He didn't come just for Mary, and he didn't come just for you. He came for the world. When you're out lunch this afternoon, that waiter or waitress, Jesus came and we're celebrating his birth this month because he came for that person. Your co-worker at the desk next to you, that guy running the machine next to you, that stranger you walk in and see at the gas station, that crackhead on the corner, that prostitute running down the street, the atheists that don't even believe in him, Jesus came for them. But what we need to do is understand, and, and, and when, we get the, when we get the understanding that Jesus came for me, and we truly believe it, then we can take it and say, he came for you. Some of the hardest things for us to understand is that Jesus really did come for us. In the next season of, of this world, we're going to get into Easter. We'll talk about the death, you know, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. He didn't do it just for Mary either. He did it for all of us. Everything Jesus did, everything that God had planned from the inception of time and space and the earth, he didn't do it for just the perfect people. He didn't do it for those that, that just walk right and live right. He did it for everyone. And we as a church need to first understand that he did it for us. Not just the pastor, not just for the preacher. It doesn't matter if you don't sing on the praise team. Jesus still came and was born for you. It doesn't matter if you don't play an instrument. Jesus still came and was born for you. It doesn't matter if you're scared to death to stand in front of people. Jesus still came to this earth for you. But we need to understand that he didn't do it not for Mary, not just for us. But he did it for the world. And we need to understand first that he came for us, but two, that we need to spread this. And I know everybody gets into the Christmas spirit, and I'm not a Christmas guy. I'm really not. I don't, I don't care for Christmas. I know. About to get the microphone shut off on me. This is the only thing I like about Christmas, is the fact that we get to talk about the birth of Jesus Christ. I don't care about Christmas trees, Christmas lights, Christmas songs. None of it. I don't help my wife, wife decorate. I ain't care less about that stuff. Yes, Grinch and Scrooge is my, is my two uh, nicknames at this time of year. My wife would tell you. But I just, I, I just enjoy knowing 
that Jesus came for me. Jeremiah 1 and 5 tells us, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou cometh forth out of the womb, I sanctify thee and ordain thee be a prophet unto the nations. Before you and I ever took our first breath, God had an ideal of who we are. So guess what? He knew before you took your first breath how many bad things you were going to do. He knew how many lies you're going to tell. He knew how many wrong decisions you're going to make. He knew how many times you were just going to be flat stupid. We ain't got kids in here, do we? Okay, I could say that. He knew all this. He knew, the Bible says he knows the hairs on your head. He doesn't know that much about us and just forgets about it all. He knows us. He knows you better than you know yourself. When you do something, you're like, I don't know why I did that. God knows why you did that. But he still, so many years ago, says, I, I came for those that have not even been born yet, but I know them. You've been around 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years 2,000, 3,000, 4,000, however, however old you want to say this is. I, I'm not here to debate timelines with you, but however old this is, God knew you. And he still came. He didn't send a flood. He didn't send a plague. He said, I love these people so much. And those that are going to come after, I love them so much that I'm going to come. And I'm going to be the sacrifice they need. I'm going to be the gift they need. So don't think that there's anything you do that God doesn't know about. But he knew about it long before that night in Bethlehem. That's why he came. Because his gift to us, and we'll talk about this later on this month, but his gift to us was him coming. But the gift wasn't just for Mary. That's that perfect saint, that perfect person, the one we're jealous of. But he came for all of us. And every time in, in, in the New Testament when Jesus spoke to the crowd. I love this. I preach this a lot when I, when I, when I preach. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says, Come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. If you look up the dictionary of the word all, I'm going to blow your mind. All means all. That's deep. Everything, everyone, with no limits, all means all. Even if you don't believe in him, all means all. There's no limitations on what it means to get to God. I've had so many people tell me, when I get my life right, I'll come. my mother-in-law, God rest her soul, my mother-in-law, when I get right, I'll come into church. I told her, I said, you ain't going to get right till you get into church. We had a lot of those little talks. But we need to understand that God came for all of us. Jesus said, suffer, in Matthew 19, 14, Jesus said, for the, suffer the little children, forbid them not to come unto me, for such as the kingdom of heaven. 
I was thinking about this last night. We, we talk, we use this for, for Sunday school. We use this for, you know, youth, youth rallies and all these stuff for the little children. We talk about this Sunday school classes, dedications, all of that. Yeah. I am 44 years old. I'll be 45 in March. 19th if you want to give me a birthday present. But you know what, Pastor? I'm still a child. I'm a child of Roger and Robin Hampshire. You're a child. I don't care how old you are. You have parents. They may be past. They may not. But you're still a child. So even when see Jesus says, suffer the little children, I know he's talking about the kids, but I, I'd like, you know what? I'm still a child. I act like a child sometimes. Keeps life happy. It keeps, keeps you going. There's still no limitations. Suffer the little children while well, I'm a child. May not be little, but I'm a child. No limitations. But even if you want to say, well, my kid's only five, six, God still came for them. God came for the newborn. God came for all of them. He, he, he didn't come for just the adults. He didn't come for just the ministry. He didn't come for just the elders. But he came even for the little children. And we need to, we need to raise up our children to understand that. They don't need to wait till they're 25 to get into the church. Don't let you. Oh, I'm not going to pastor. Never mind. Get your, kids, get your kids to worship as early as possible. Let them come up to the altar. Don't, don't hinder their, their love for God as a child because God... Jesus even said, let them come unto me. John 7 and 37 says, In the last day, in the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He didn't come for Mary, just for Mary. He didn't come for just the saints. But even if you have a need, if you're thirsty, you have a need. If you're thirsty, you need a drink. But if you, whatever the need is, great, small, personal, public, maybe people, other people think it's insignificant, but you think it's pretty big. He just says, if any man thirsts, let him come unto me. If you just have an issue, that means when he was born, he knew that there were going to be people that had issues. He didn't say, just come unto me if you're perfect. Come unto me if you're pure and holy. But even if you have a need in your life, just come unto me. Because here's the end result. Second Peter 3 and 9 tells us, The Lord is not slight concerning his promise, as some men count slightness, but longsuffering is usward, not willing that any should perish. If you look up the definition of any, I'm going to blow your mind. But there's no limitations on any. You can swap out any and all. Any is any. Anybody. Not willing that any person should perish. His, his, his goal of being born was to be the lamb slain on the cross. He was the perfect gift the perfect sacrifice that we celebrate at Easter. But we don't get to Easter if we don't have a Christmas. We don't have that season if we don't have this season. So don't wait until Easter to thank him for dying on the cross for your sins. 
Don't wait to Easter to thank him for being the perfect sacrifice for shedding his blood on Calvary. We need to now start thanking him for coming and being a part of this world because if he is not born, we do not have an Easter. If he is not born and he doesn't come for you and I, we can't celebrate an Easter. If we don't understand and we don't truly believe in our hearts that he came to this earth for me, how can I sit here and say, I believe he went to the cross for me? We must have an understanding within ourselves that he came for me. No, I'm not Mary. No, I'm not, I'm not perfect. I'm not pure and I'm not that, that special. Nobody's worshiping me. But I can stand here and tell you that I believe God came to this earth for me. And I know the end goal and the reason he came is that not that he didn't want me to go to hell, but he wants me to spend eternity with him. I belong in that group of any. I'm not perfect. I'm not the worst person in the world. I'm not the greatest person in the world. I'm somewhere in between. But I know that God said, I want to be a part of this world. And I want to come and save the people. I want to save the all. I want to save the any. But I believe that we need to get that into our hearts. And I know it's about five out of about ten more minutes. I just want to leave my testimony. As I end this. And I was born and raised in church. I was born on a Tuesday and was in church the following Sunday. Uh, we went Sunday morning, Sunday night, Tuesdays, Fridays. I've been to more church services than I can count. I remember the good old days where you started, you started Wednesday night at 7, and if you got out at 9.30, it was a good night. I remember many nights, many of Wednesdays going to Bible study in my pajamas because I couldn't stay up late enough. I remember the weeks, plural, long revivals. You might get a Monday off to wash your church clothes, but she was there Tuesday through Sunday. I'm talking four, five, six weeks every... I mean, up and through pretty much the beginning of high school, I remember doing all this. But I never got connected with the church. I never, oh, I got, I, I never got connected with God. Our youth group growing up was my sister and my three cousins. So our youth group was pretty awesome. And I had gotten myself to the point where I said, I can't wait till I get out. I get turned 18, I can leave the church. Now I'm third generation. I've had uncles pastor. I've had uncles preach. My grandpa preached. My daddy's a preacher to this day. 40-something years, 50, almost 50 years of ministry. I come from a family of preachers and apostolics. But I never got connected to God. So as soon as I, I was, I was 15, 16, I was pastor. I can't wait. I can get out of here. I can go live my life. When I turned 17, my parents moved from the south side of Indianapolis to the east side of Indianapolis. And they didn't want me driving from the east side to the south side to school every day. So I moved in with my aunt and uncle. At the time, my aunt and uncle was not in church. They are now. They attend Absolute Christian Church, where I'm out of. But they weren't in church, so their rule was go to school. That was it. Rule at home was you go to church. 
my house, you go to church. You don't miss church. But as a kid, Tuesday nights, which we had, we just flipped from Tuesday to Wednesday over the years. I couldn't tell you when or how. But that was family night to me. My friends knew that was family night. I couldn't. I didn't go to church. I didn't tell them I went to church on Wednesdays. Here's my mindset. I didn't want them knowing I went to church. So midweek, whatever night midweek service was, that was family night. I had to be home for family night. I couldn't go out and play basketball. Or if I could, I only had an hour or so. Because I had to be home for family night, not telling them that I'm going to church. So that's my mindset for years. So my, I got in my aunt and uncle. Their role was go to school. They didn't get up early on Sundays to go to church or nothing like that. And I had a group of friends that I hung out with that they all went to church. And I had a group that we played basketball with that didn't go to church. I had no problem up until this point. But when I knew that I didn't have that, at that time, what I thought was pressure to go to church. When we were done playing ball, my buddies, my good, my good friends, I'll catch up with you later. I'm going to stay and play more basketball with my bad friends. And I stopped going. Parents kind of, hey, where were you at? Oh, you know, I overslept. Hey, what were you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Then I, for, for a while, I would go to Easter and I'd go to Christmas. I'd do all the good visitor stuff. Now, when I walked into our church at the time, our church was about 45 to 50 people and like 48 of them was blood relatives of mine. We had one family in there that was not blood relatives and they started coming to the church in 1981. I was born in 1979. They were a pretty well family. So it wasn't like I was walking into a strange building. I'd see family members at birthday parties. No big deal. Same people I'd be. So whenever I walked into the church, they'd love on me and just treated me like royalty. But eventually, even coming to Easter and Christmas and all the special programs died off. I got myself into drugs and alcohol. And uh, pretty much if it wasn't done through a needle, I've tried it. I kind of always had it in my mind that I was going to get back into church, but I really wasn't sure because I didn't know how far down the rabbit hole I was going. I was raised that if you smelt marijuana, you were addicted, you were going to die. I mean, yeah. Uh, we'd always have those guys come through, and, and I don't know if you ever had them around here, but we'd have them guys come through, and they'd tell us that He-Man and Smurfs and all them were of the devil, and, you know, yeah, yeah, that's a fun phase. That was, you, yeah. Go back, if you can find videos, those are pretty, pretty good. Um, uh, my cousins would have their toys thrown away and all that stuff. My parents never got into that gap. But I found myself in the world. I found myself not a drunkard. I wasn't getting drunk every day, but I had my well, I had some fun times. You know, I, I didn't. Well, wasn't a partier. I never never liked going to a bar. I never went out to the clubs or anything because I didn't like that many people being around. But I would sit at my house and I would just play video games and take a couple drinks, or I'd smoke a little bit. I'd pop some pills. But I never really knew what was going on. I never knew where my life was going. I was working. I met my wife. We were married. She helped me calm down quite a bit. I'd gotten into some things and she because I wanted to, to be with her more than I wanted to get into some things. She helped me, and I, I give her all the credit in the world. Um, not that she told me, but I just made my own choices not to, to get into harder things than what I got myself into. We were married about a year and uh, I hadn't seen my parents. I was always on good terms with my parents. Every time I seen them, I loved them. 
would walk. I never was afraid to see him at the mall and walk over and give him a hug. We talked, but I never, you know, they tell me they love me. They were praying for me. But I never made that decision to get back into church until one Sunday. I hadn't seen him for a while, and I wanted free lunch. So you get a hold of mom and dad. So I was going to go to Sunday school. Sunday school is safe. It's easy. One or two songs. You do your 30-minute Bible study. It's safe. Nothing. Holy Ghost don't move in Sunday school. My mom was the worship leader at the time. We had those song books and she came up. Praise the Lord, church. She opened it, turned the page. I don't even know what it was. And we're going to sing whatever song it was. And she started. And before she got done with the first verse of the first line or whatever song it was, I found myself at an altar. And I wept. I couldn't say Jesus. I just wept. I just wept. I don't know what I said. I, I hadn't had the Holy Ghost. I hadn't been baptized. I didn't get baptized or, you know, as a child or anything. I was never... But we'd have revival and people swinging from the chandeliers and I'm sitting back going, oh, this is cool. But I was never connected with God. There was times, you know, once or twice, I'd, you know, I'd get over, you know, I'd start crying and stuff, but I never dedicated myself. So we go through service, had a great service. I, I'm at the altar an hour, hour or so. My legs are numb from kneeling. Go through the whole week and what was really funny was I worked at a appliance store and I had to deliver a refrigerator or a microwave and a song on the radio called My Own Prison came on. And uh, I still have it on my phone today. And there's a part of the song that says, I, I, I cry out to God seeking only his decision, I've, something I've created in my own prison. And I'm, I'm literally in the, on I-65 crying. So I kind of get over the, the fact that Sunday happened, and I'm like, ah, that, you know, whatever. It was, I'm good now. Let's go again. I'm going to go on Sunday. It's safe. It won't happen again. We'll get another free lunch. The next week, mom gets up. Praise the Lord. Saints, turn the page to whatever. We're going to sing whatever, and she starts playing again. As soon as that music starts playing, I find myself at the exact same spot. And after about a half hour, 45 minutes, it was forever. My dad came over. And I looked at him. I said, I need help. He said, only God can help you. I said, I need to be baptized. I got baptized that day. The next week, my wife got baptized. Six weeks later, after I got the Holy Ghost, or after I got baptized, I got the Holy Ghost. And then the week after that, my wife got the Holy Ghost. And we've been in this ever since. I was called into the ministry in October of 20, uh, 2002. So it's been just over 20 years into the ministry, almost, but 21 years. And I said that, all of that, to tell you, I'm not Mary. If you want to know the drugs I did, I'll tell you after service. If you want to know the alcohol I drank, I'll tell you after service. I'm not Mary. I may not be Legion, but I've had my fair share of troubles and trials. I willingly walked away from God. I wasn't church hurt. The pastor didn't preach something to hurt my feelings. I walked away from God on my own accord because I thought what was out there was greater than what was in here. But when I got into the presence of Jesus and I had an encounter 
like Legion did. He didn't turn me away. Because when he came that night in Bethlehem, he knew that Danny Hampshire was going to have a lot of issues and that he was going to be there for me. And I'm telling you, if he came and he, he, he came for me in my issues, maybe this will resonate. He came for you in your issues. And I'm here preaching the gospel. I've preached around the world. I've laid hands on pastors' wives and they've gotten the Holy Ghost in Myanmar and Hong Kong. I've preached, I've preached one God apostolic message in the, in the country of Cuba where there is a real risk of going to jail for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. I laid my hands on, on, on Cuban nationals and they received the gift of the Holy Ghost. I've preached in Haiti and Mexico. I've, I've preached in Michigan and Oklahoma. I've preached all over the place, Pastor. And it's, I could tell you Jesus came for me because I'm not standing here today if God didn't come down that night in Bethlehem and was born in that manger. I'm not giving you my testimony because I don't get out of my troubles if I don't have an encounter with Jesus. Stand with me this morning. I don't know if this is what you were thinking. This isn't really what I was thinking when I was coming up with this, but I just want to encourage somebody. This Christmas season, maybe there's going to be a time when you're down and out and maybe you're just having a rough moment. Just think in your mind, not just Mary. He came for me. He didn't come for the perfect people. He came for me. I'm far from it. He still came for me. I still make mistakes. He still came for me. And connect yourself with God. Connect yourself with this. Make it personal. When you watch the Charlie Brown special about Jesus, and you listen to all of these radio stations that have nothing but Christmas music going on. I won't be listening, but you listen to them. Take all of it to heart that he came down for me, not just Mary. Can we lift up our hands and let's ask God and just thank God for this service and let's prepare our hearts for the next service. Lord, I love you.